Hey there, friends and family. Welcome to our new podcast, Art, Heart, and Iron. We're kicking the show off with a little roundtable discussion I had with some of my favorite people. I don't really introduce everyone during our conversation. We kind of just hit record as we were talking. So some of the different voices you'll hear on the podcast, we start off talking to my friend Mike, who is out in New York. He hosts a wonderful podcast called Detoxicity, which is about undercutting toxic masculinity and sort of reshaping the framework of masculinity. It also gets into mental health, a lot of other things. We start having that conversation. Mike was joining us virtually. Also joining us virtually was a friend of mine. He was actually one of my former students. Drake is his name, and he's into all sorts of things, self-improvement, and I always get excited when I talk to him. Joining me in the studio, and by studio I mean dining room, are two of my very best friends, Jason and Carter. I work with both of them, and they're training partners of mine. They keep me grounded and are important people in my daily life. We kind of just had a discussion about, a little bit about the new year, New Year's resolutions, areas of focus, things that we wanted to focus on, areas in which we wanted to grow in the upcoming year. And we also talk about starting days, favorite mantras, things like that, and bounce around in our discussion. We talk about everything from cold exposure to Rip Taylor shooting confetti. I hope you enjoy it. I'm very fortunate to have a lot of wonderful people like the gentleman on this podcast in my life. Just sharing a little bit of that. We'll have a lot of different things coming out under sort of the new podcast banner and some other media things going on this year. And this was a great way, at least for me, to kick it off. We did this recording on January 1st of this year, kicking off 2023. And it's just a great group of people that I like to talk to. So hopefully you can find some value in it and enjoy. Much love. And we'll kind of just talk about some stuff. Uh, this is kind of, I don't know, uh, some other stuff. I've done some different podcasting stuff. Mike's done a bunch, and uh, I've had the pleasure of being on on Mike's podcast as well. And uh, this is really great. I recommend it to a lot of people. It's called Detoxicity. And uh, it's about just sort of, I don't know, sort of undercutting masculinity, just looking at like uh, toxic masculinity, looking at like how we can be men and be masculine and not uh, not fall into a lot of the negative things that maybe sometimes traditionally go along with that. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about that, Mike? I just think it's a great thing. Nah, man. Every time that I try to explain what the podcast is about, I get stuck. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and I, it's been like almost three years and I'm really still trying to find like a good two sentence explanation <laughs> for it. And I haven't figured it out yet. But you kind of nailed it, man. It's just about like all this shit that we've been taught 
that has been uh, not helpful to us and how to figure out a way out of that and just be better for ourselves, be better for the people around us, be better for our future, you know, just sort of how to be better people in general. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I, I do think, too, like, if you listen to the episodes, I mean, it's the sort of idea of, like, undercutting that toxic masculinity is there, but it's also... I mean, just a lot about like I think mental health in general, talking about things that sometimes we as men are programmed to like not talk about as much. Right. It, it's really like I think a big part of it for me and what I what really kind of makes me proud of, of the podcast is that people are being vulnerable and talking about stuff that they that, you know, most people get together with their homeboys or whatever. And, and this stuff doesn't really come up in conversation, but they want it to come up in conversation just nobody knows how to bring it up and this kind of takes out all of the weirdness or it 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 actually doesn't take out any of the weirdness it sort of jumps into the weirdness and rolls around in the weirdness and it's just like okay we need to have these conversations to to you know to heal ourselves and to heal each other so why not just start here yeah yeah no i think that's that's super well said that was kind of uh, one of the reasons I hit up Mike as well as and actually uh, my buddy Carter just walked in too. Ah, ah, full full house. <laughs> here, in the, here in the home studio slash dining room. That's right away. Right. <laughs> but uh, that was one of the reasons I, I reached out to Mike. You know, I've done some different stuff uh, in, in terms of podcasting and things and you know, had a chance to write a book, do some stuff like that. And it's kind of funny. I don't know, Mike, maybe you've experienced the same thing. Like and sometimes like people reach out like, Hey, would you be interested in doing this or interested in doing this? Or maybe you go down this vein. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really know. Especially cause like, I'm fortunate. I love what I do like as a teacher and a coach. And I don't want to, like, I don't want to get away from that. Um, but then some of the other opportunities that come up and it's like, I don't know. I feel like I can do some of this stuff. Like just, myself like i don't need to do it through somebody else's venue you know what i mean yeah and uh you know so kind of what we're starting with this this new podcast and we're doing some different things too uh we're kind of calling it art heart and iron it's sort of the idea of like really sort of the three phases i work in in my daily life is is creativity as like a visual arts teacher and somebody who uh creates things writer artist those sorts of things um and then sort of the heart, the social, emotional stuff, um, mental health, very important to me just as an educator. I think we see that all the time in education that like there's not, at least traditionally, historically, there's not been enough attention given to that. I, I think we're seeing a little bit of a change, which is good. I'm optimistic about that. And if nothing else, kids, I think, are so much better about talking about that stuff. I mean, like. When we were in school, we didn't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, hell no. No way. Yeah, and I got kids now, you know, I mean, like, they're just straight up in middle class, like, yo, Nielsen, I got to go talk to the uh, counselor. I got to go talk to my therapist, like, whatever they've got at the school. And I'm like, that's awesome. I mean, they're, they're yeah. just like, yeah, no problem. Your kids will talk about, like, mental health stuff that they're going through, even, like, physical health stuff. Kids would just be like, yeah, I got this thing going on. Like, that's cool. I mean, they're just – so I think we've seen a change in that. I work in that field a lot um, with the social emotional learning program that I do. And then also uh, just physical health, I think is so important, ties in everything too. So um, this is kind of a, I don't know, trying this with like a, a group of people <laughs> and see how it goes. It might be a disaster, but we'll see what happens. 
But uh, I don't know. Anybody else have anything? What's that? I was like, you never know unless you try. Yeah, 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 for sure. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the whole concept of balance uh, is kind of what's coming up for me. You know, Uh, it's something, you know, it's the new year. Today's the first of the year. Uh, It's something I want to work on for sure. And, you know, it's hard, especially, you know, you're talking about like, you know, the whole concept of toxic masculinity and all that. You know, it's like, you know, it's tough, man. You know, we're the, you know, men and women are genetically predisposed, you know, to be a bit different, you know, and, and, you know, men are better at some things. Women are better at some things, you know, that's just, you know, we we come to earth that, that way, you know, and it's like, gosh, man, you know, but we still have an X and a Y chromosome. We got to have that yin and we got to have that yang. But, you know, when we're brought up, you know, I know we're from the Midwest or, you know, and I'm sure East coast, same thing, you know, we're, we're brought up as young boys, you know, you know, you don't cry, you know, you don't talk about your feelings, you know, so it, it's just something that, you know, like Mike said, if we want to do our healing, if we want to, uh, you know, develop ourselves personally, you know, you got to look into the stuff, got to talk about it and uh, got to have balance. That's a, a big thing that I know I personally need to take into this new year is, you know, I can just go hard all day at work come home, go hard all night, you know, because I feel like, oh, yeah, no, you got to have my nose to the grindstone, you know what I mean? And, and it's, it's funny too, because they say like, you know, if, say if you're like a, an alpha type, you know, type eight, you're going to gravitate more towards the stuff that you really don't need to do, like powerlifting, you know, heavy weightlifting, whereas, you know, we might need to be doing more yoga or, you know, say if you're like, you know, a dainty female, you know, something like that, you know, you're probably gra- going to gravitate more towards that yoga where, you know, maybe you should be doing a little bit more of the heavy lifting, you know? So it's, it, it, it's tough, man, but you know, stuff like this will help. Mm-hmm. So like on that note, you kind of mentioned beginning of the year, that was one thing I kind of want to talk about, like just starting things, like how we, how we start stuff like that. First of all, do, do you guys set new year's resolutions in some way? Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah. How do you do how do you do it? I mean, do you write out like these are my resolutions? Are you like specific with it or not? Yeah, that's how I am. Like I I'm like, see, I'm so left brain. That's how I was raised, you know, so so logical. You know, I really excelled in math, but kind of what me and you had spoken, uh, you know, before is, you know, when I was a young kid, you know, I remember being five years old thinking, you know, I hate art, I hate music, I hate PE. You know, I love math because you know, you know, the teacher gives me my problems and I'm going to show out, you know, I'm, I know in my head, you know, this, this, this bang, 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 you know, but so I still in that way, you know, I, I have everything written down exactly what I want to do. You know, I want to implement all these different practices, you know, and, and just in terms of personal development, you know, it, it, I personally struggle with a lot of the paralysis by analysis, you know, I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> Dude, so, many, so many hours in the day you know i i got three kids you know uh you know i have a family i want to um give them all the time that they deserve personally with me and everything every day and when you're talking you know you can listen to all these podcasts and you know there's cold showers red light therapy grounding <laughs> breathing techniques yoga you know uh strength training you know how do you possibly go about implementing all these beneficial practices 
you know, and, and I'm a big momentum guy. So I'm like, you know, I say if I have a five day streak going of cold showers, you know, I'm going to be a lot more likely to keep that going because I have that good momentum going. But if I fall off, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm two days without having my cold showers, I'm more likely to justify in my head to myself. Well, you know, I went two days without doing it. What's another day? Then I can get back on later. You know, right. so I, I'm a bit more calculated with it. You know, I'm, I'll am i be tracking everything, <laughs> you, know, you know, and as I kind of said to you in the emails, like, you know, there is really is something to be said, in my opinion, for like a 1% rule, 2% rule, you know, just, just chipping away at something, you know, you, mm-hmm. you don't got to go 100% all in, you're still going to reap benefits from that one or 2%, you know, so that's something I got to work through personally. Yeah, for sure. Mike, what about you? You write, do you write out resolutions? I, I don't anymore. I New Year's. I, I'm conflicted about about the whole thing because it's like, all right, the calendar turns over, right? It's a new year. I do feel like it's a good time to kind of stop and take stock mm. and just kind of reflect on everything that's happened to you in the previous few months, in the previous year, whatever. For me, from a work perspective, we're always off the last week of the year. Mm. Um, so it actually really is a good time to like stop and say, okay, here, these are some things that might need adjusting. Um, but I don't want to just say, okay, it's January 1st, 2023. Now, all of these things are going to change all at the same time right now. And like, you know, I'm not going to be one of those people who signs up for a gym on January 2nd, (laughs) um, because when you sign up for the gym on January 2nd, you end up stopping going to the gym on February 2nd. Yeah. I feel like, like you have to, you know, you got to be a little bit, Hey, there's never a good time or, or there's never a bad time to start doing something that's going to make yourself better. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to lean on just the first of the year as as an excuse, but at the same time, it is a good time to kind of like review Mm -hmm. and maybe make some changes. So I'm on the fence. I haven't written any resolution down resolutions down. I haven't made any specific resolutions, but you know, over the past couple of months, I have kind of mentally made made a list of things that I want to do differently and have started kind of looking towards making those changes. Sure. Right on. Jason Carter, you guys got anything? Sorry, you're kind of like weirdly <laughs> out of the <laughs> frame. <laughs> <laughs> I did that strategic. <laughs> This is like my first time. <laughs> for for me, it's usually the the go to is uh lose weight, exercise more. But I don't usually write down the specific goals because I'm I'm more a momentum guy too. Like chain the days together, try to do that type of stuff. Um, that usually helps me out more than if I set a big grandiose goal that I will epically fail at. So mm-hmm. so I try to try to more just chain the days together and things like that. Obviously, uh. Being a bigger guy, that's usually the try to uh, do things healthier. And uh, moments of stress obviously don't help that out. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm not a big writer down. I like to keep it in my head. So, right on. No, I think that's good. You know, I, I'm i kind of the same uh, as Mike a little bit there, where I think it's – I think it does – it makes a logical reflection point, like the, the changing of a year. And I even, like – like in other ways that aren't really tied to goals. Like I, I have a habit, like at the end of the year, then I will like upload and clean out the pictures on my phone and then like look through everything from that year. You know, and it's like, Oh man, here's all the stuff me and my kids did. And like went and travel that, and, like that's not setting a goal, but it's kind of like, uh, 
especially with kids, time flies by so quickly. You know what I mean? Like even a year, like my kids have changed so much. So it's like, that's a good time to kind of reflect on things and like, think about, geez, like, where are we going next? Um, and then as far as like writing down, I kind of think too that, yeah, like we do that. Sometimes we look for like special days, you know, like it's the beginning of the year or even like, even if it's not the beginning of the year, like I'm going to start working out on Monday or I'm going to, you know, after my birthday, I'm turning this, you know, age, I'm going to get in shape this year. And it's like, I kind of try to be like, there are no special days because they're all special days. Like we're alive. We're able to do stuff like the odds of that in the universe are like pretty crazy. So just like, okay, like it's all pretty special if we get a chance to like, it kind of like the old uh, saying, I forget even who said it, but uh, like the best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago. The second best time is today. So it's like, yeah, just start start doing whatever. Card, do you have anything to add? I mean, leave Carter out. He's off. <laughs> <laughs> off camera. I, I strategically go off camera. Just uh, like I said, I'm kind of a first timer. Um, just kind of reiterating kind of like what everybody else has said, like, I kind of hit in that middle age, middle part of my life, like all of a sudden turn 35 and it's like, where'd the time go? Got a family. Where'd the time go? And all of a sudden, like just different things kind of pop up. I got to hanging out with like Luke a lot more this year. Um, kind of introduced me to a little bit more like the whole hippie lifestyle and stuff, kind of really digging it. So like, like everybody's kind of said, momentum sort of thing. Uh, just started incorporating a few different things into my life, probably over the last mm, year to six months. And then all of a sudden, like January 1st rolled around. And so like last week I sat down and I was just kind of like, kind of structured things out. Like how do I want to incorporate all this into my life and make it work so that I kind of just continually do it so that I don't all of a sudden just fall off the bandwagon or stuff. So I kind of look at my new year's resolution as it's just kind of a conglomerate or a smushmorshan of things kind of all jammed together. And I'm just going to try and kind of, kind of like, it's kind of like a rolling start. So hopefully, hopefully it just kind of continues out throughout the rest of the year. So with that, and like Drake, you had kind of mentioned while you're talking, like things that I know we've talked about, I know Carter and I've talked about, you know, like different like uh, routines, whether it's a cold shower, like things like that. Um, and I think a big, a big way to sort of whatever goal it is, is to like intentionally start your day. Mm. So do any of you have like, oh, this is like my practice, you know, and even if it's not every day, like I try to start my day this way. Yep. I, I personally oil pulling every morning, oil pulling and uh, just as, I don't know, that just is just one small, small, uh, you know, practice in the grand scheme of things. But I just have always heard that your, your body detoxes through your mouth at night. And so if you wake up in the morning and are going and, you know, having a drink of water or whatever it might be in the morning, you're really just taking them toxins back in. And that's 20 minutes. And, um, you know, that's 20 minutes of complete silence. So, you know, I can, I, I kind of sit, you know, and just, you know, kind of foresee my day, you know, how am I going to go about this and, uh, try mentally just, you know, this is kind of more geared towards the hippie lifestyle stuff, but just call in my guides and just say, Hey, you know, whoever, whatever it might be out there, the universe, whatever, you know, uh, help me follow my Dharma today. Uh, you know, you know, I'm going to try my hardest to act out of love and, you know, every possible situation today. And, uh, dude, that gets my head right. You know, it just, it's a good, good, 
healthy practice and a good mental practice at the same time. And, um, man, I tell you what, you know, that, that as long as I do that, I, you know, cross my fingers, but, uh, never have a bad day. You know, it, it's, it's always <laughs> a great day getting my head right. Like that first thing in the morning. That's good. And That's if, you, awesome. if, if you miss something like that, do you feel like then your whole day is like thrown off? Like, like you, um, know, you get up late, whatever you got to run the kids somewhere. Then it's like, man, I'm in a funk the rest of the day. I, uh, unfortunately yeah you know <laughs> I, I like i i try i try not to let it do that to me you know because dude that's that's life you know that's life as a dad for sure i mean you know uh i'm trying to think of how this old saying goes but something along the lines of the only constant in life is inconsistency i mean nothing is ever gonna go as planned and uh as soon as you learn to just uh kind of let it be and roll with the punches uh gonna be much better off i you know i learned that pretty quick so. yeah, for sure for sure yeah i wish that i did a consistent thing to start my day i i don't yeah <laughs> um you know it depends on the day some days i wait like i open my eyes and i wake up and i'm ready to go some days i wake up and i open my eyes and i close them right back it's uh i you know i'm, I'm fortunate because or well Fortunate is, is relatively speaking. I am single with no kids, so I don't have anything to force me awake in the morning uh, sure. except work. And I think one thing that COVID kind of threw into kind of a weird place for me is that I don't even have to get up every morning to commute anymore. I'm only doing that a couple of days a week. And then three days out of the week, I'm working from home. So I really just got to like get out of my bedroom and go into my living room and turn the computer on. So it's, it's, it's thrown me out of my routine quite a bit. Uh, there was a point in time, maybe last, well, last year is 2022. Maybe it was last year where there was like a 10 minute meditation on YouTube that I would do every morning. Oh, and that actually would put me in a much better mental space to start the day. Um, you know, a few years uh, back before COVID when both my knees worked properly, like I would either go out and run or I would uh, do eight miles on my exercise bike every morning. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm trying to get into the habit of doing some kind of physical activity first thing in the morning, uh, particularly because otherwise, again, with no commute, I could just sit on my ass the whole, the whole time and not <laughs> yeah. any, any, you know, any pressure to do anything. So I'm, I'm working back into that kind of consistent, uh, doing something first thing in the day. Mm-hmm. And do you, you know, I'm kind of curious, we, like our routines didn't change a whole lot with COVID. Like, you know, schools shut down in whatever spring of 2020 when, when kind of everything like blew up. Then especially here in Iowa, <laughs> good, bad, or indifferent, like, you know, that next school year, we kind of went back at it and we were doing the masks and all that stuff. But like our routine didn't change a lot. And I, I do think like at our school, we we had a lot of precautions and it was sanitizing it was a face mask and like all those sorts of things uh, but i do think it was good for our kids to be as close to routine as possible to still be in school in person um and i and we still saw a lot of mental health struggles and stuff with kids just because it was different and you know it's different for kids parents and things like that and i you know i've talked to a lot of people who were working from home for a long time. And then the same as you, Mike, that like never really went back to the same as it was before. They're not commuting every day, whatever. 
do you like having some of that? Like, I feel like I would struggle if it was like, oh, you just get to work from home, you know, like on certain days. I'd be like, I like getting up and, and going to a place to work. You know what I mean? Like, I think that would be tough for me. It's a, it's a double-edged sword. Um, I have worked remotely in the past, so it's not entirely new. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird because when I did uh, work remotely in the past, it was because I lived in a different city than my office was. I lived in a different state than my office was. Sure. So there wasn't really a choice in the matter. Um, it is interesting how much... I mean, t- a couple of things. One is interesting how different the COVID experience was if you go from place to place, mm-hmm. like where where you folks are at and where I'm at, it's two different experiences. Yeah. Um, and also for me, because I didn't get COVID until summer of 2022, I mm-hmm. think my experience was kind of extended uh, a little bit because I, you know, I had to isolate for the better part of a month during the summer of, yeah. of, of last year. Um but it has thrown off so much stuff that I was accustomed to doing before 2020 from, you know, getting on a subway and commuting to and from work every day to, you know, I used to play basketball once a week. And then that kind of went away with COVID. I had a radio show that I did in a studio every week and I would travel for that. And then that went away. So working, you know, realizing all of that stuff that was a part of my every everyday routine is now no longer part of my everyday routine is a little weird like i i don't think i really realized how much got taken away from me uh until or, or taken out of my daily routine or my weekly routine until pretty recently actually hmm. yeah <laughs> and, and as an aside when mike had covid this summer you we were, were in new york, york. yes yeah <laughs> we were supposed to get together and then i thought about this later is you know, like whatever, we didn't get together. He was isolating from COVID stuff. We should have just hung out because as soon as I got home, I started feeling bad and tested positive for COVID. For COVID? <laughs> so it's like, ah. At, no at, matter. At, least, at least I don't have the guilt of it being me that gave you COVID. <laughs> yeah, true, true. true. And, and it, luckily it worked out too. Like we didn't, you know, get stuck having to isolate there because like I felt totally fine. We flew in, you know, got home, everything. It was like the next morning I'm like, man, I don't know. Like I'm not like feel that great. I, it didn't hit me real hard, which was nice, but my kids were supposed to like two weeks after that, go on vacation with their mom. I was like the week there. And it's like, Oh man, like, I don't want to like get them. So I tested real quick and like, I'm positive. And we got them out of the house and stuff so we could, and it, it worked out okay. But, uh, oh, man, kind of funny. What about well, you? Hopefully, hopefully next year we are uh, not, I keep saying next year, it is 2023. That's right. That's right. Hopefully this year we get you back to New York. Yeah, I need to, man. Especially since Logan's been going out there more. Uh, my brother for shows and stuff, man. I need to get out there again. My kids had a had a blast. They had never been out there before, so it was a lot of fun. Right on. But uh, what about you guys? You got a, a morning routine that you like to do? I try to with uh, John Kabat-Zinn talking with mindfulness, just talking about like being aware. I'm same with my, I'm not great at it every day, but I try to wake up. And I think one of the favorite things in is we watch a video in class where he talks about like being aware and it's not just you in the shower and the kids <laughs> always giggle, but it's like, it is, it's like, I try to just be present instead of running through the 80 million things I'm going to do that day, but mm-hmm. I'm not super successful with it. But like I said, I'm more of a Luke is my list man. And I am more of a, I keep the ideas in my head and then they pop up and and that type of stuff. But I try, but I'm, I'm kind of the same. I'm not great at, at the every morning routine. 
Uh, for me in general, just kind of like back to what I discussed earlier and like just kind of started picking a few things up here and there recently. So like I just kind of try to incorporate as much of it as I can into my mornings. Um, kind of like what was said, if you don't have a purpose to get up in the morning, it's really hard. Luckily for me, like my dog is very demanding. So like she's got she's to be out that door by like 530 every morning regardless. And she's going to make sure I'm up. Um, with like we were discussing earlier, some of the cold showers and stuff, those types of things. Being here in the Midwest right now, it's fantastic because it's pretty chilly out most mornings. So just try to get as much cold exposure as I can in the mornings. And then before I come back and jump in the shower, I uh, usually try to do some diaphragm exercises, just kind of get some breathing exercises in for the morning and stuff like that. Um, and then once I get in the shower, I try to do a little bit more cold exposure and do the cold shower thing. Uh, just kind of wake my body up and stuff. Um, and then one of the other things that I kind of started incorporating, not every day, but just doing some meditation, not necessarily in the morning, but just some of the guided meditation and stuff like that. So I kind of like picked up the whole new mantra and it drives my wife nuts every day because <laughs> every day I'm like, happiness is a choice and I get the choice to be happy or not. And damn it, I'm going to be happy. And it drives her nuts because sometimes she just chooses to be mad. Reach into the choir. I like that. We, we can come back to the mantra too, but no, I, I've, you know, I think for me, I've kind of found over time like a, a morning routine that works for me. And I do, I really like getting up early. Like I've always been like a morning person. And I like, I don't know, like sometimes I see like people talk about wellness. It's like, oh no, everybody has to get up at five in the morning. Like, I don't think that's the case. I mean, like, I think, I think you can find your time frame that works, you know? And like some people like to do stuff at, you know, later hours, you know, whatever. Like they, they feel like they're most creative at night, like that sort of thing. And that's cool. I, I've always been, I don't know why, but like get up early in the morning. And then as a strength and conditioning coach, like we do our workouts at six in the morning. So like I'm always up at five and ready to go. And it just sort of becomes like, like the habit, the routine. And then it's, it's kind of been easy. Like my kids have been used to that routine, like literally their whole lives. They've had to be up at five in the morning to go to the weight room and stuff. So that's just kind of like the time frame. Um, but for me, like breathing, I think is big. I've kind of mashed together like a few different things. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with like Wim Hof, who does like the breathing and cold exposure. Um, he's a, he's a Dutch guy who like at one point he hold like, held like all these Guinness world records for cold exposure and like all this different stuff. And, uh, he's got an interesting method of breathing. And I think diaphragmatic breathing is just helpful in general, but it's, it's this cycle of, of breathing. And it really is interesting. Like the idea is to like uh, oxygenate your body and create like an alkalinity in your body. Um, and if you go through his like program, there's some interesting things that you can do. Like you do this series of breaths and then you, release your breath so you're not even like filling your lungs but you release your breath and then you stop breathing and like even the first time doing it you can pretty easily go for like a minute and a half to two minutes like which is kind of crazy because you're pumping like oxygen and stuff um and there's been a lot of research that's been done on his methods so like andrew huberman huberman labs 
is a guy who runs the Huberman Labs at Stanford. Uh, he does a lot of research on Wim Hof specifically, but uh, just on the effects of the breathing and then cold exposure to the part of it. So Carter mentioned that I'm a proponent of cold exposure. Uh, so we've been we've been kind of doing it a lot lately. And whether it's a cold shower, like I try to end every shower, like in a cold shower and uh, just like in the morning, get out, get some cold exposure. So that's been a part of my routine lately in Iowa. It's pretty easy to do. It is cold yeah. out right now. <laughs> in New York, too. Um, it, yeah. Yeah. Just... I mean, cold is generally not my thing. Like my people are from Africa in the tropics. Like <laughs> not, they ain't really meant for that shit. Um, you know, but uh you know, if that works for y'all, <laughs> God bless. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's it's funny. Like maybe, maybe I you know, like I I realize that I may use it as like a placebo effect too. That like it's just my way to like not feel like I have uh like seasonal affective disorder during yeah. the winter. It's like, well, no, it's cold. This is my opportune time to get a lot of cold exposure, and that'll be good for me. Like I, I feel like maybe I'm tricking myself, but uh Seems to work. That's a very good point. Like, <laughs> like if it's cold out, you might as well take advantage of it. Yeah. And and you can say if it, if it's good for you or not, I don't know. But like for me in general, I think it definitely helps with like nerve pain and stuff like that. So mm. like, and again, maybe it's the placebo effect of it, but just getting out there and being like, hey, you know what? It's cold in Iowa and most people think it sucks, but I'm going to take advantage of it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I do it the old fashioned way by just wearing shorts all year. That's how I do it. But I don't, I don't purposely uh, go out in the cold like that, but everybody gives me crap on that. Don't you have own pants? I said, I do, but I'm not wearing them in the winter time. So. <laughs> so my my son used that excuse too. So my son Mickey is, is 12 and uh, he's a, a big kid. So, and he doesn't like, doesn't like to wear a coat. Doesn't like me like shorts and t-shirt all year, no matter what. And, uh, of course, his mom will get on him to, you know, wear a coat or whatever. Like, he'll use this stuff as an excuse. Because, like, there's been some research to indicate, like, 11 minutes of cold exposure a week is enough to have, like, some positive health benefits. So, Mick would be, like, walking to the car. He's like, hey, man, I need my 11 minutes so I can just wear <laughs> shorts and a T-shirt. It's like, all right, fair enough, man. Um, what's that? I, I kind of used to be like that. I mean, I, you know, even now, like I'll go out wearing like a, a denim jacket or like a little like bubble vest or something like that. But I think what kind of killed it for, and I used to be a shorts in the wintertime person. Uh, <laughs> and then like I hit 40 and I was like, oh, this cold doesn't feel so good on my bare skin anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I should go back and throw in some long johns or something because uh, I'm fucking cold. <laughs> yeah. My calves are are immune to the cold. Everything else gets cold except for my calves. So it's a little different too. I feel like if you're, you know, like navigating around New York, something like here, you drive everywhere. So yeah. it's like from the house to the car, from the car to whatever building you're in. Like, you know, there have been times I'm in New York, Chicago, whatever. It's like you're assuming you're going to get on the subway at this time <laughs> and whatever, but like that's yeah. all pretty much up in the air. 100% completely up in the air. I mean, now people have apps that can give you like the subway time and all that stuff, but it's never accurate. 
So you could be standing potentially in one place in a subway station and like the subway station near my apartment is an outdoor station. So there's no cover at all. Yeah. So whether it's five degrees or 95 degrees, you're exposed to the elements all the time. And that could be good. And it can also be not good. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, you know, thinking of like morning routines and stuff like that, uh, Carter mentioned like a mantra. And I'm I'm big on that. Like I have uh I I write down a lot of stuff. Like you're talking about like resolution. I don't necessarily write down like these are my specific goals, but I'm always writing down like here's areas where I want to be growing. You know what I mean? Like areas of my life that I want to be continually growing in. And I think that's I like that because I can track it. And I can kind of turn it into like a yes or no thing where it's very simple. Like, did I do something to grow in this area today or this week? Yes or no. And then I feel like it doesn't limit it either. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not just, oh, hey, I reached this goal. Now I'm done. It's like, oh, I just want to continually uh, grow on that. So I'm always writing stuff down. I kind of, I joke that like, uh, you know, if somebody, if I like suddenly die and somebody comes into my house, like they're going to like, worry on the next unibomber or something i mean it's like like you know it's like like so, so many notes but well, they're all positive notes so we're like hopefully you know like bomb people with confetti or something but um <laughs> Sprinkles. I'm not Rip Torn, but why can't I think of his name? For what? The guy who used to do that. I can't think of his name, not Rip Torn, but I can't think yeah, of yeah. Rip, Rip Taylor. Rip Taylor. Rip, Rip Taylor. Taylor. Yes. Yeah, Rip Taylor. That's all I was thinking. Was yeah, yeah. Rip Taylor bomb. Um, you know, but I like to like write stuff down like that um, all the time. And like lately, I've been. I actually got this from a student of mine who just graduated a year ago, who was talking about like setting a schedule when he got to college. Is he would just like make a spreadsheet of like the day, like hours in the day. And then he would just kind of like for a while track, like what I do during my day. And then he could kind of look back on it and be like, Oh man, like, am I like happy with everything that I did during the day? Or were there like blocks of time where it's like, Oh geez, I was on my phone for an hour. I'm not really like proud of that time, whatever. So, so I do like to do that. And I also like to write down like mantras or sayings. I have whiteboards all over my house too. So like, I'll just write them on there. Um, so I have like a whiteboard by my bed and I write down different things. So I've got some different mantras on there. Now. So I'm curious, like Carter's, I really like anybody else have like a mantra or a quote or something like that you like to think about. Go along I with got like a the, couple here. Like I got me, one, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> the, uh, I don't know if you guys can see that. I just got a lot, my laptop here. You probably can't even see that up there. It says, the knowledge due to a seeker cannot be withheld. Uh, mm. And uh, that right there is a big one to me. That if I And it just reminds me that if I, anything that I put energy and intention on, I just feel like it will manifest. But, you know, I, I got to, you know, do my part, do my due diligence in order to manifest that. And uh, I also had probably the, the best one of all that just just uh resonates with me so highly it's i'm always constantly thinking life is what you make it i mean to me that just is so true and you know i i just used to have such a poor mindset you know just feel like i didn't even grow up until i was like 25 years old you know uh and i just you know looking back you know if, if i would have just 
had this mindset back then, you know, of life is what you make of it. You know, I, I, it, it's just, it's so funny uh, that, you know, I look back now and think, God, man, I, I'd kill to go back, you know, and have the circumstances or the situations that I had back then and all these great opportunities. But at the time, you know, I just was stuck in kind of like a poor me syndrome or, or something, you know? So, so that, that is one thing that really resonates with me is life is what you make it, you know, any situation you can find positive, any situation, you know, just as all, uh, it, it's just all mindset. Hmm. You said it before, I a little variation of, but the only constant in life is change. And that's, that's something that I always think about. And as we get older and we get a little more set in our ways is sometimes having to remind myself of that, that uh, change isn't always bad, but, but that's one. And I guess I don't have the specific mantra, but my goal every day is leave the, leave everything better than, than the way I found it. So that's, that's something I try my best to do. And hopefully, you know, we think about like, my my daughter asked me the one morning, she said, why do you say hello to everybody, dad? And I said, they might be having a bad day and that might be the, the best thing that's happened to them that day. So I said, I just want to try to make things better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I I don't know if I have a, a specific mantra. Um, I Well, there's nothing that I say to myself every day to sort of put myself in any particular kind of mindset or anything like that. And I, as you guys were talking, like I'm thinking, I'm like, Wait a minute, idiot. You've got a bunch of shit written all over your body in permanent <laughs> ink. <laughs> um, and a lot of my tattoos are actually things that I want to remind myself of all the time. Like I have a tattoo that says PMA for positive mental attitude. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I as someone that uh is diagnosed with severe depression, like being positive is not something that comes naturally to me. Mm-hmm. Like I have to actually actively put myself in that situation. Um, so you know, when I look at my arm, there are times when it actually does cause me to reset in that way and be like, hey, look, you know, think positive. And then like here I have uh, written out we're all going to die, uh, which, I, you know, I, I there have been instances in which people have seen that tattoo on me and gotten like really freaked out. Um, <laughs> but I mean, look, the reality of the situation is, you know, I'm, you know, I'm 46 years old. I'm probably more than halfway through my life at this point. Uh, you know, at some point we are going to die. And I think the important thing, and one of the reasons that I got that tattoo is just to remind myself that things are not promised. Like if you want to do something, like do it now. If you want to say something, say it now. Like don't procrastinate. Don't wait until the better time or the next time, or, you know, imagine that or assume that tomorrow is going to be promised or next year is going to be promised or next month or you know, make sure that you do the things that you want to do while you have the opportunity to do them because you never know when that's going to be taken away. Mm. No, hundred percent. I, I like that. A lot. It, it's fun. I, I really associate with that one with the tattoos. I got the tattoos. Right. And, uh, you know, like one, a lot of mine are like drawings of my daughter, like that my daughter did. Um, but like the two on my forms actually are that I've had for a while or like, visual representations of like my core values so like i felt for me it was important to like actually have a set of core values like i just think i talk to my students about this where it's like you can ask somebody their favorite color their favorite food and they can tell you but if you ask somebody what their core values are like who they really are essentially 
they'll have a hard time telling you. Like they'll sit there and struggle and be like, Oh geez. Like I never thought about that. And it's like, well, like, shouldn't that be like, you know, that'll help you know who you are. If you know your values, you can make, you know, it helps you in those difficult decisions. Um, so I kind of came up with like five core values and that's part of my morning routine too. Like when I do my breathing, I reflect on those every morning, but yeah, I, I, I find having them tattooed on my arm, like in a practical way, it's like wearing it on your sleeve. Like, Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, like I can look at it and be like, Oh yeah, just a reminder. Like, or even if I'm, I'm not feeling good about certain things, it's like, Oh, hang on. Am I making decisions based on my values or whatever? Like, then it's okay. Then even if stuff doesn't go well, that's fine. And then the, uh, we're all going to die. I was, I was going to bring that up. Um, Mike, are you familiar with like memento mori? Yeah. 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 So like, I'm a big proponent of like stoic philosophy in general. And uh, so like I have next to my bed, like a memento mori board where it's like every week you fill it in. And like, when you first do that, you know, so it's just like a bubble for every week that like you've lived and mine goes up to like 80. Most people in my family die at 65. So 80 might be optimistic, but um you know, but like you initially fill in like all the weeks you've lived already. And it's like, oh man, it's like to see that fill up and be like halfway is like, whoa, like that's pretty crazy. Yeah. And then at the end of the week, like you just fill in like another thing. It's like kind of watching the sand go through the hourglass. So that's kind of been like my, uh, kind of my mantra or whatever, like what I have written down on my whiteboard right now is just a good death is the idea of like, like Mike said, like, we're all going to die. You don't know how much time you have. Like, I want to make sure whenever I get to the end that I've hopefully done something meaningful, something worthwhile. So it's like a good death, like the idea of uh, living for your eulogy instead of living for your resume sort of thing. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, uh, one thing I've, I've said pretty often is that when I am about to leave this earth and hopefully that's a long time from now, but I don't want to be on my deathbed or in whatever place it is where I'm sort of reflecting back on my life and feeling like there were opportunities that I had, particularly in regards to like personal authenticity and being myself, things that I could have been that I was not. Like if it's, it, you know, it's fine if like I don't go to France or whatever it is, like it's fine if I don't take this, maybe don't take this vacation or go on this trip or do this one particular thing. But when it comes down to, like you said, uh, core values, when it comes down to the type of person I was, the way I treated people, whether I lived my life with authenticity, I don't want to leave any of that shit on the table. Hmm. Like I want to, you know, I want to be able to say, you know, job well done, or at least that I lived according to my, uh, you know, my moral structure. I lived according to, uh, you know, my internal compass. Mm -hmm. For sure. hundred percent. Um, you know, with, we've kind of talked about like routines and stuff like that. And is there anything that you, I don't know, like an area of growth that you'd like to have for everybody that like, not necessarily like, oh, 2023, I'm going to do this. But you're for like right now, you're like, you know what? This is an area where I'm trying to grow. This is an area that I'm kind of pursuing in the next year, in the next several years, whatever. This is kind of where I'm at. I think for me, spiritual development, you know, oh, one, one thing that 
I, I really am thinking about hard going into this year is I heard somebody say knowledge is not power. Applied knowledge is power. And the thing about, you know, with me is, you know, I, I've spent countless and countless and countless hours, you know, consuming, consuming, consuming all, all this knowledge, all these different, uh, you know, philosophies. But then, you know, I'll go and listen to three more hours of something I already know instead <laughs> of taking that three hours and applying it and actually, you know, doing the practice. So for, for me personally, that's how I am with like the spiritual side of things is like, dude, I know all these practices I should be doing. You know, if I want to, if I want to, you know, connect with my guides or, or bridge gaps to, you know, other dimensions, whatever it might be for, for, for me, you know, personally is like, you know, quit, you know, consuming, 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 and, you know, start, start doing something with it. Mm -hmm. 100%. One of my former students, um, I used to tease him and he, he'd always say, I'm not a pessimist. I'm a realist. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there's such a great line. I'm a realist too often <laughs> as well. <laughs> Where I try to be, you know, I put on the happy face. I really encourage people, but sometimes I'm a little too realistic on some things. And I think I need to be a little more optimistic at times. And uh, I think part of that's just the social studies uh, business background that of what I teach. But uh, sometimes, you know, Luke hears me say it all the time. So I say, live in the dream. Anytime anybody asks me how it's going, and it's like a lot of that is truthfully to make myself understand too, like, my life's pretty darn good and to uh not get too hung up on the stuff that bothers you but that's my try not to be too anxious at stuff and uh try to be a little more optimistic mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know if anyone else wants yeah to go ahead, go ahead. Uh, yeah i mean i look at myself as a perpetual work in progress like mm -hmm. there's there's always going to be work that needs to be done under the hood um you know for me personally i i appreciate uh, what was said about, you know, looking, being, being more of an optimist. I should, I feel like at the same way, I should be more of an optimist. I think particularly in light of, you know, a lot of political things that uh, center around my various identities. Uh, it is very hard to be optimistic about the state of the world sometimes, but I also have the benefit of having been here for a while and you know like for example this summer is my 30th high school reunion and I can go back and think when I was in high school and how much I was afraid of and and, and you know what society was like at that time and you know kind of look back at 30 years and be like oh things have 100% changed for the better <laughs> yeah. um, you know the world I think from a social perspective at least is in a it's in a scarier place but I think you know when you when you add it all up, the net of it is that it's in a better place. So mm -hmm. I think being more optimistic is is 100% uh, something that I continually work on. Um, and, you know, sometimes when you're scrolling and you're reading the news and all this stuff's happening, you're like, fuck, this world sucks. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it, it, you really, you know, I, I need to snap out of that. And maybe that means I need to not scroll as much, um, <laughs> you know, because uh, I think people put bad news in front of people for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh you know, I mean, there's that, there's uh, a, a constant refrain for me is being more intentional in my relationships. Mm. Um, so, 
you know, letting people know I care about them, sending that text, sending that email, making that, I mean, I hate the phone, so I can't really say making that phone call. <laughs> um, but, you know, inviting this person out to dinner, having people over, you know, going to visit people, like all that stuff, just being more intentional about that stuff. Because, hey, when you care about somebody or you care about people, you should tell them. You should tell them regularly. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think guys, you know, a big part of my podcast is just guys don't have it in them to, like, say the shit that they really mean to one another. <laughs> um, you know, that that's that's a legit thing. Um, and also just I think relationships are what makes the world go around. Like, people and their relationships to one another is what makes every single thing that happens in this world happen, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, so it's really important to invest in in the people that make you a better version of yourself. So more intentional about relationships, um, thinking more positively. And, you know, I'm also looking to make some professional change in, in the near future um, and try to transition more into something that helps people. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, work in progress. <laughs> Fair enough. Carter, do you have anything? I think, like you said, I think probably just being more intentional in life in general. Um, Luke and I have had a lot of these talks just over the last couple of years and hanging out, doing a lot of traveling on Friday nights, like football games and stuff, having these conversations and car rides and stuff. Like he's always talking about doing things. He just uses so much of his time to or gives himself so much time to focus on things and self-growth and those types of things. I think for me in general, just like you said, being more intentional about that self-growth would probably be a thing. Um, I feel kind of fortunate, like over the last year, 18 months, like I've kind of just stumbled into things that I feel have kind of just helped me with my self-growth in general. Maybe it's time that maybe I just am more intentional about that sort of thing. Plus in addition, like you said, I really like the idea of being more intentional with like relationships and stuff. Um, just letting people around, you know, that you care and, not letting not wasting an opportunity like you guys said i mean we're all gonna die at some point so it'd really be bad if somebody passed away before you had an opportunity to tell them that you did care mm -hmm. yeah <clears throat> i think that's all like yeah really well said i think lines up too with uh kind of things that i'm trying to focus on too like i always i forget even where we got this i i think actually like kevin smith said it like the goofy writer director but he said chase whimsy Right. Yeah. You know, it's like Kevin Smith says a lot of stuff. You ever heard him talk on like an interview or something? It's kind of cold. But I think it was him who said it. And my brothers and I kind of like adopted it. just like, yeah, Chase Whimsy. Like, again, you don't know how much time he has. So it's like you better try to do the things that that you feel passionate about, the things that like, you know, whatever little rabbit hole idea you want to go down. And then um, with that, too, like I. I try to always be like authentically myself. And I know Mike and I have talked about this actually uh, when I was on his podcast. It's like, you know, but sometimes like things get in the way a little bit. Like we feel we have to, you know, adjust for certain people or maybe you shouldn't say, you know, I don't know. Like you just, and to a point, like it's okay. Like you maybe don't talk to your uh, mom the way that you talk to your best friend or something like that. But I think like, for me, I'm always trying to, if, if I can align all those things, like if I can align like who I truly am with how, what I value, what I'm interested in, in all phases of my life, I feel like then life just becomes a lot easier. Yeah. Like th then you don't need to try to like, 
I don't know. You're not hiding anything. You don't need to try to adjust so much. It's like, oh no, this is just just who I am all the time. And I've kind of found, uh, and, and I wonder too, like Mike, like through your podcast stuff, have you found too? Like, I've had times with different creative things where I feel like, geez, like, are people going to judge this or like people going to like it or going to not like it? And then, like, you almost find out, like, oh, people don't like care that much. Or, like, people don't pay that much attention or like. Like I'm not the center of the universe, so I can pretty much just do whatever I think is important. Yes, in a lot of ways. I think um, I, at one point, spent a lot of time worrying about what other people thought about me. And I think that when you have to adjust who you are to fit into what other people's expectations of you are or what, you know, how you think people will accept you, like a, you're playing a losing game, and mm. B, you're taking years off your life. Uh, you know, I think the level of authenticity that I have for myself is valuable. A, because it means I don't have to remember remember stories or omit things, or I can present to everybody pretty much the same way. Mm. And the other thing that's important about that, or that's valuable about that to me, is that if somebody likes me, I know that they're they're liking me for the the most authentic version of me that is in existence. There's not going to be somewhere down the line me being like, oh, by the way, did you know that I blah, blah, blah? And then being <laughs> like, oh, well, we didn't know that. So I guess we're not going to hang out with you anymore. Or, there's, you know, there's less opportunities for awkwardness. Actually, that's false because there's a lot more. There's a lot of opportunities <laughs> no matter what. But it just like, it's freeing, man. Um, you know, if you've ever had to be in the closet about anything just the to get that shit off your chest and be yourself it's just uh, i wish that on everybody it is the most freeing sensation possible um so i i am a big uh flag waver for uh, for authenticity uh you know in whatever shape that takes and like i said before we're all works in progress so our authentic versions of ourselves will change over time um but you know i think it's real important to present the best the best and truest version of yourself as possible mm-hmm. within within reason like don't go running butt naked in the street or anything like that don't get yourself arrested um, uh, even if you're doing uh, a cold exposure yeah I mean, you know i would not recommend that also for medical purposes <laughs> can we you said like officer you don't understand I've been with wim hoff i'm trying to do this thing it's a new year i gotta get my 11 minutes yeah. <laughs> oh man yeah but, uh, but yeah man i think i think you know authenticity gets thrown around a little bit as a buzzword now but i think for you know particularly for people who have had to hide parts of their identity because it, they felt like they'd be able to get over if they hit those things it's really important to be your truest self it's just it's again it's tremendously freeing and you know if it costs you relationships if it costs you some things then at the end of the day i think it's it's the it's a net positive it's worth it mm-hmm. 100% well said i like that well on that note we've already been talking for like an hour uh, and I don't like, you know, want to keep anybody all night or anything. Appreciate you guys. Anybody have anything else that you wanted to, to talk about or mention or whatever before we, we stop recording? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, resounding silence. Uh, you know, 
It's it's the old teacher in classroom. Nobody say a word. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I should know that from teaching. They're like, no, like just don't even ask. Look, I could I could do this all day. I mean, I definitely uh, you and I, Luke, have, have been overdue for a uh, a reconnection. Um, so I'm glad that we're able to have this conversation. I, I'm down to continue uh, whenever uh, works for for folks. Yeah, yeah, no, that's for sure. I, I do appreciate it. this. Was kind of. Uh, like I said, trying some some new creative stuff, just kind of chasing whimsy again. And and uh, I'm fortunate because I'm not trying to go in like a different career vein. So I kind of just try to <laughs> pursue whatever it is that I, I want to do. But this was part of my kind of something I want to focus on, too. Like we talked about is is I feel sometimes we'll have these conversations if it's obviously this is like we're recording it, too. But like you know, for a podcast or something like that, or I'll listen to other people. And it's like, what? I know a bunch of really great people who I like talking to, who like everybody here, whenever I talk to you, it's like, oh man, I feel a little bit better about the world. I feel a little bit better about myself. It's like, uh, maybe this can be like, you know, just part of it is sort of like invite people in. I know several other people talk to me that they'd like to jump in and do a kind of a round table thing like this too uh with new years it didn't work for some people and stuff but it's like hey maybe even if it's like a once a month thing just try to like set a date throw it out to some people i know like hey if you want to jump in and talk and i know mike we need to do another uh for your podcast as well you are welcome anytime, anytime. all right well perfect we'll get we'll get some set up because i love talking to you man it was great yes, seeing sir. you it's been too long Likewise. Likewise. but uh yeah Thanks, all you guys. I love all you guys. Appreciate it. Happy New Year, y'all. Good meeting uh, the rest of you. It's been nice to meet you guys. Yeah. All right, y'all. Good luck, everybody.